Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Fiber Guys Corner with your host me, Adam Foster. So guys, it's been a while since I've kind of put anything out content-wise on the podcast, so I thought today we'd cover the very interesting topic of neurotags. And neurotags are a very interesting topic and they get even more interesting when we start looking at how they interact and work with chronic pain. So, let's do it. So, before we t- cover what a neurotag is, we need to understand a few things. So, the brain has around 85 billion neurons. Okay, 85 billion, that is a very large number. And a neuron is a nerve cell within the brain, okay? So, to give you an idea of this scale, 1 million seconds is around 11 days. However, 1 billion seconds is around 31 days. So, that is a big difference between 1 million and 1 billion. Sometimes we don't really kind of conceptualize the gap that is between a million and a billion but it is a very large scale it's also really important to remember that your brain also has around 10 times as many immune cells than it actually does neurons so technically your brain is one pretty beefy immune organ first and foremost so a neurotag is when specific neurons within the brain connect to each other and fire at the same time So, out of those 85 billion neurons you've got inside of your noggin, we can literally connect them together and form trillions upon trillions of different connections. And this is really important. So, keep in mind your brain takes about 20% of your daily calories, okay? And we used to, well, you probably will hear this a lot because it's still in films like Lucy and Limitless. You'll hear that we only use 10% of our brain, which is ridiculous. And we've known this isn't the case for absolutely decades however when it comes to Hollywood it makes a good film and things like Limitless and Lucy are quite interesting films however we don't limit ourselves to just 10% of our brain we use all of our brain just not all of it at the same time keep in mind like I said 20% of your daily calories goes to your brain and if we had to use the whole thing at the same time we'd end up needing a lot more calories so to get around this the brain uses things what we call neurotags, where it will have specific signatures that will fire, different neurons connect together to form a tag, that when they fire, they will perform a specific output. So, you may have, well you definitely will have, different neurotags for different things. If I ask you to think about your left arm, a very unique to you neurotag will activate for you, you thinking about your left arm. If I ask you to lift up your left arm, then a different neurotag will fire that will allow you to lift up your left arm. Simple. When it comes to, and the thing is, we can often cross, well not cross reference, what am I talking about, Adam, shut up. We can often use these interconnecting neurons to help us get better at different things. So obviously, if you're constantly thinking about your left arm, then when it comes to actually moving your left arm, you're gonna use some of the neurons that are in that neurotag for just thinking about your arm to lift in your arm. So if you look at me, for example, when I learned guitar, okay, because, sorry, because I can play guitar, when I moved on to playing the violin, what I found was it was a lot easier starting to play the violin because I already had that manual dexterity from playing the guitar, guitar which transferred very well to learning to play the violin. So because I'd been doing so much repetition playing guitar over the years, obviously, 
I'm going to have a newer tag that allows me to go from say a C chord to an A minor chord. So obviously when I started I couldn't move my hands fast enough because I'm forging that new connection, that new newer tag. So obviously after a month of going from a C chord to an E minor chord, what happened was those neurons were starting to talk to each other in that tag a lot quicker and a lot more effectively. So they were becoming more excitable. Till eventually now when I play guitar, my hands literally just move really fast and it's like I'm not even in control of them. They just do what I want them to do. And that's because neurons that fire together wire together as they say. The more we do a specific task, the stronger the connection gets to for those neurons firing so you can do that specific task. It's like me if I was to go to an ice rink right now. The thing is when you think about it, okay, most people don't really go ice skating a lot. I think I've maybe been three times in the past five years. So when I originally learned to ice skate, I think I was a kid. So I formed a neuro tag on how to ice skate and I learned to ice skate. However, years went by and I never ice skated again. So that connection, that neuro tag for allowing me to ice skate slowly got weaker and weaker because I wasn't using it until eventually, a few years later, I got back on the ice and what happened was it fell over a few times and after about 20 minutes or so, the neurons were talking to each other quite well again and I was ice skating again. It's a bit like when they say, you never forget how to ride a bike. This is very true. You forge a, a neuro tag when you learn to ride your bike. However, you may not ride a bicycle for a decade, but as soon as you get back on that bike, you're going to be a little bit wobbly for a while as that neuro tag starts to forge itself again. But because it's already there, it's a lot easier to connect to the neurons that it's already kind of connected to, albeit weakly, than it is to completely forge them again. So these neuro tags we have are for everything. They're for thinking. They're for movement. They're for pain. So for you to produce pain in your left knee, you will have a unique neuro tag that produces pain in where you perceive to be your knee, okay? So because this network is so vast and it's so kind of interconnecting, it's the same with things like memories. We don't have a specific memory center of the brain. It's not how it works. Instead, they're kind of stored throughout the entire brain in a giant kind of what you call a memory tag. And the thing is, if you think of the think of your first date or the first boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you had, then you'll often remember your first kiss. And the thing is, you can be 30 years on from that first kiss and you can be walking along a high street and somebody might walk past you who has the same perfume on as that person that you're on the date with and suddenly you're transported back to that restaurant, you know, sat in front of that person. The thing is, that's not just some crazy thing, that's just neurotags activating. Obviously, you're going to have certain neurons from things like the olfactory center in your, in your brain that's going to help you remember things like what that perfume smelled like. You're going to have bits from your kind of occipital lobes that help you remember what you actually saw on that day, what t-shirts they were wearing. And the thing is, just somebody walking past you is going to be able to just activate a few neurons from that tag, just a few from, say, the smell section, and it's going to activate the whole thing and then suddenly you are boom right back into that first day and the thing is when it comes to pain this is quite important because emotion is a pretty big driver of pain and the thing is especially when it comes to things like neurotags the more 
stress chemicals we have in the system, the stronger those connections are going to be forged for that specific memory. This is why trauma is often such a nightmare to deal with because it's very deep rooted, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it because trauma, that fight or flight response, that it is there to protect us. So our brains are going to want to keep a hold of this really bad memory so that it doesn't happen again or if it does happen again, we can do something different. Or if what we did at the time worked, we can do that again. And the thing is, it's the same with pain. And what I find really interesting with pain and neurotags is that you can have somebody who say injures their knee, okay? Then, so every time they move their knee, they're activating the neurotag to move their knee. So say kicking out the leg, but they're also activating a pain neurotag for them to feel and produce and experience pain and what they perceive to be their knee. And often, a lot of the time, and especially with chronic pain, what happens is because the pain neurotag is firing at the same time with the movement tag of moving the knee, of moving the knee, they start to hardwire together and that pain tag starts to integrate and connect and consume, I suppose, part of that movement tag. And what happens is in around six months, that person might have actually, that tissue on their knee might be completely healed. And especially in like three months time, that injury is gonna be healed, especially if it's just soft tissue. However, every time they move their knee, they're still producing that pain neurotag. Now, this is where it gets interesting with chronic pain because when we're in pain, we often think about it because it's quite hard not to because pain is, it's there to help modify your behavior and things like that. It's a good conditioning tool. So it's hard to ignore really. So when it comes to it, if you move your knee and you're activating a movement neurotag to move your knee, but you're also activating a pain neurotag to produce pain in what you perceive to be your knee, and you're also thinking about the pain in your knee, then what happens is Again, the pain neurotag starts to spread out a little bit and we start to consume the thinking tag until eventually what happens is we kind of almost have a bigger neurotag. I'm trying to explain this in a way that's easy for people to kind of conceptualize. And the thing is we don't have a solid framework for, well, especially the brain. So we often rely on different things to help us conceptualize things. And I think computers and tagging is a really good way to do that because it gives people almost a little bit of a kind of visual cue to kind of visualize in their heads what we're actually talking about. So if we go back, so now rather than having three distinct uh, neuro tags, a movement tag, a pain tag for the knee and a thinking tag about the knee, what happens is now we start to have one giant hot mess of a neurotag, which means now all you've got to do is think about your knee and boom, it starts to hurt. And I know this to be goddamn true because especially with things like my neck, when I was ill, that was the absolute bane of my life. And the thing is, it wouldn't be there all of the time. Distraction worked really, really well for me. However, as soon as I got to see like a flight of stairs and I looked up at the stairs, I would then go, oh shit, my neck. And as soon as I thought about my neck, boom, it would fire off that pain neurotag as well, just from thinking about my neck. So now I, I would be in pain. And then I'd get to the top stop of the stairs, but I would be thinking about my neck. And then for the next three or four hours, I'd be in agony. 
until I would be distracted again. And it's often going to, well, this is going to be the case for a lot of people, especially when it comes to just thoughts. The same with emotions. What will often happen is you will have an argument with your partner or your best friend, and then lo and behold, flare up. Always happens. Remember, stress doesn't have to just be a, a mental thing, okay? There's biological stress, noxious stimulus, somebody punching in an arm, there's social stress, having to give a talk in front of 400 people, you know what I mean? There's chemical stress, the foods we eat, things like that. So they're all different stresses, and the thing is, what can often happen is if you have an argument with your partner, it will end up triggering off a pain tag as well, and you will end up being in more pain than before you argued, argued with your partner. And I always find that really fascinating because that's just absolutely crazy how brains can become so efficient. Remember, bioplasticity is where the brain, the body gets better at doing what it does. So that can be in the form of immune responses, or it can be in the form of a kind of neural adaptation. So like I said, me playing violin, every time I play it, I get a little bit better. You know what I mean? It's That's what that plasticity is there for. In the long term, it generally helps us. But it also means that the more pain you're in, the better you get at activating those pain neurotypes for you to produce pain. And I know it doesn't really make a lot of sense for us, consciously, but that's the key word, consciously. But it makes a lot of sense for your brain, subconsciously. If I was a brain and I wanted to stop myself from injuring myself, say, then if I had an output that worked, if it was pain in my neck and it stopped me from going to the gym to deadlift, over the course of a few weeks or a few months or maybe even years, I would eventually click and say, you know what, every time we make pain in Adam's neck, he stops going to the gym. So you know what, I'm going to get better at doing this until eventually, you know what I mean, he starts to listen to me. And that's the kicker when it comes to pain because yes, it can destroy people's lives. However, it's nothing more than your brain just trying to protect you. And often is the case that the things it's protecting us from are you know, completely unwarranted, really. So with these neurotypes, you can see it gets quite complicated and we're trying to keep it quite simple and keep it in a model that people can help to visualize in the brain. But I thought it would be a good way to kind of just introduce this as we're going to dive a little bit deeper in the podcasts to, to come because like I said it is quite an interesting topic but I just wanted to see if anybody has any good examples of neurotags connecting to other tags and being fired involuntary or well, I wouldn't say involuntary maybe just become more excitable so for a lot of people they're going to find specific things or even like I said stress is a big one so if you are well what was somebody saying the other day uh, they were doing gardening because of the COVID-19 stuff. And what happened was every time she would do the gardening, she would start stressing about if she was doing too much. And then that would activate a huge pain neurotag. And then she'd get a headache and she'd be in pain from worrying about if she was going to be in pain from doing this activity. And I want to quickly go back to my neck because this is quite important. And it's going to be quite important for a lot of people to hear this and understand this. For the longest time, when I got better, I pulled what you'd call like a 90% recovery, okay, in the first, well, the first year. So I was pretty much recovered. I was doing stuff that was, you know, I, mean, I thought I'd never do before. I was deadlift in the gym, or I was running, I was on dodgems, and I was just starting to enjoy life. However, I still had the occasional neck problem. 
okay and it might last a day or two but then again I'd get distracted and I'd stop thinking about it and what would happen is it would go away for a month or two and then I would have it again and the thing is once I kind of I tried and I focused on it a lot and the thing is a lot of the time when you focus on an area that hurts it does more harm than good because all you're doing is activating that thinking tag and ultimately activating the pain tag by accident so what happened was eventually I sat myself down and I kind of thought well you know what we've done like 90% recovery here 95% I'm feeling good I'm back to work I'm doing stuff that I, I enjoy so maybe it isn't the worst thing in the world if I have a headache or a migraine you know what I mean once every eight weeks that lasts six seven hours you know right maybe it's not the worst thing in the world if my neck is a little bit stiff you know what I mean for three or four days once every 12 weeks and what happened was I just stopped caring I stopped thinking about it and I put it to the back of my mind but in the meantime what was happening was those thinking tags that would normally fire and activate by accident the pain tags as well they were connecting less and less because I wasn't really thinking about my neck I was just getting on with my life and I was just doing the things I wanted to do until eventually about a year later and I, well, I think I was outside of the cinema about to go in and my friend said oh how's your neck Adam and I was like what and they were like your neck pain and I was like what are you talking about and they were like your chronic neck pain and I was like oh shit and when I thought about it I couldn't actually remember the last time I had had any neck pain so that's a really good example of how not focusing on things can help to weaken those connections and obviously start to separate those tags back into the separate ones rather than just thinking about it accidentally activating a pain one and you know in thinking and moving and pain all working together so and that's something which leads me into another section which is definitely something i want to do a huge podcast on because it's always fascinated me and more importantly i think it's very very valuable for people to hear because it comes down to things like illness identity and the thing is when you start to associate with your illness so i'm talking about the people who blog about being ill now i'm all for awareness especially for things like eds things that are definitely under recognized especially here in the uk with many people having to go to places like barcelona to get fusion surgery which is absolutely disgusting it should be done in the uk and with the nhs people should not be paying for it so i'm all for awareness however illness identity is a big thing because when people start to adopt that illness as their only attributing factor the thing that they are it starts to dominate their life and all of those neuro tags that come along with it start to connect and become stronger and stronger until they almost i don't want to say think themselves ill because that kind of plays down the complexity of pain but it definitely does not help it is a big factor in chronic pain because a lot of the time people do this to themselves they, they be, especially look at fibromyalgia for god's sake jesus as soon as somebody goes to the doctors and they go yeah you got fibro what do they do boom straight on the internet read all of this misinformation on it join a local support group oh and from my experience the support groups and that's a podcast in itself this doesn't end well it becomes like a mini cult okay and what happens is people start going to their monthly support group where all they do is sit down 
and talk about medication and talk about how much pain they're in and weirdly enough sometimes in these support groups especially the online ones it almost becomes like a game of top trumps yeah well i have pots and fatigue huh? and somebody else says yeah well i've got me and fibro and pots so top you know it's a very strange thing this isn't all support groups there are some fantastic ones out there there is a one uh if i can recall is it i think it's eds and movement or eds and exercise group and that is a super positive group you know what i mean that is people really taking life by the balls and finding out what works for them and sharing it with people there is like literally zero negativity in that group and that's fantastic i love to see shit like that however there's probably more support groups out there that are a lot more kind of negative and the thing is this negativity this illness identity it gets people worse it makes them more ill because they identify with it and those neurotags start to fire more and more and this is one of the things that i've always loved with doing my job because when a client comes in yeah and i always say this to people i'm not working with linda uh, sorry i'm not working with fibromyalgia i'm working with linda and all of the shit that comes with Linda. So I'm not working with Linda with fibromyalgia. I'm working with Linda who used to play ice hockey semi-professionally. Linda who has four grandchildren and two children. You know what I mean? There is more to people than illness. There is more things to define yourself than illness. And that's something I really wish people would take on board. Because the thing is, once you start moving outside of your box and your comfort zone, and you start identifying is more than just the illness things start to pick up because those neurotags start to fade the connections become weaker remember guys brains are plastic they change the brain you have after listening to this podcast will be a different brain to the brain that you had before you listened okay if you go walk outside the house stand there for 10 minutes and walk back in you've got a completely different brain it's constantly changing and at some point in the past, maybe it was through trauma, might have been physical, you know what I mean, emotional, uh, chemical, could be viral, you know what I mean, it doesn't really matter. But at some point, your brain adapted and become more efficient at producing pain or producing migraines or producing, you know what I mean, fatigue, whatever other symptom it is. And the thing is, if you constantly think about it what happens is those connections get stronger and what we really need to do is to start weakening them off which is why i'm always being such a big advocate of things like distraction because when you distract yourself you're more in the kind of prefrontal cortex of your brain problem solving if you're doing a maths problem or you're doing a jigsaw or plink a plunk with the grandkids you're in the prefrontal cortex of your brain you're in your problem solving area and you're thinking about the moves ahead what what you're going to do on a chessboard things like that or what movements you need to do with your fingers to play a certain chord on the guitar and the more you're in that prefrontal cortex the more you're firing and making new neural tags in your brain the less you are firing the old ones the pain ones and this is really important so for anybody listening what i always say is if you have pain in your knee, okay, try and move in different ways that still use your knee, however, don't activate a pain tag, okay? So what we need to do is start using the leg, start moving the knee 
in a position that doesn't cause up pain and start to get stronger with it. Like a lot of the time when people come into the studio, they can't do a specific, so a lot of the time it's kneeling. Most people in chronic pain just cannot kneel because it just hurts, especially things like the kneecap. So what happens is we'll avoid kneeling for a little while and we'll focus on still using the knees, but getting stronger, building new neurotags with different movements so that when it goes back to kneeling, the brain's a little bit confused and it's like, well, what the hell? Normally we've got a tag that says this should make pain, but now we have a tag that says don't make pain from doing similar active. Oh, fuck it. I just reprocess the whole input. And if we've done our job right, we have a lot more new inputs in that brain that say, look, knee kneeling on knees is absolutely safe. There's no reason to produce pain. And holy shit, people aren't in pain. And that's why I love my job. Because it's not, like I say, it's not about working with a condition. It's not about working with fibro. It's about working with that person, the whole host of stuff that comes with them. And things like fear are going to be huge. So I'm going to cut it short there, guys. Um, you know what I mean? Hope you enjoyed that because I love this topic. I find it so stimulating because it just transfers to all different parts of life. But we're definitely going to do another one and go a little bit deeper. And I definitely want to cover more on illness identity because I think that is a very, very interesting topic as a whole so i will see you on the flip side guys as always any questions or you want us to cover something adam.foster at thefiberguy.com send me an email or shoot me a message on any of the other social media platforms see you on the flip side guys take it easy